The Bible is full of extreme weather events. There's wild winds and there's large hailstones and there's long droughts and there's heavy rains and there are mega storms. You have Noah right at the beginning and the worldwide flood. You have Jonah in a wild storm running away from God. You have Peter who starts to sink in the water when he looks at the size of the waves. You have the Apostle Paul who gets stuck in a storm in a wind called the Great Northeaster. And you have this one, the disciples who are filled with fear while Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. But the Bible doesn't just include stormy weather, but also it is full of personal storms. The book of Job is one giant book about one man who lost everything. The book of Psalms details countless personal trials and difficult circumstances of life as storms. Psalm 57 says, In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. Psalm 42 says, All your wake is... Your breakers and waves have gone over me. The writer of the Psalms is often heard crying out for shelter in the storm. So I want to ask you this morning, what is the weather like in your life? What's the weather like at your house at the moment? It may be that it is sunny with not a cloud in sight, Or it may be that you can see that there are storms on the horizon or you're right in the middle of a storm today. Storms are an inescapable part of our lives. Mums face storms. It's a good name and description of kids sometimes. There was once order in your life, but then storms came in the form of little children. But seriously, this does mean that there is a build-up of pressure in your life wrestle that you have with your failure, your identity, your fears, your worries are always on your mind. There are the storms when those that you love pass away and there's a grieving, the winds of change in your life, the aches of the heart that don't go away. The storm of transition, relocating, that kind of change, settling into a new uh, way of life, The storms in marriages and families, wounds and conflicts. There are all kinds of personal storms that we face. And some storms are a result of our choices and our sin, and we have to face the natural consequences of decisions that we've made. But not all storms are because of that. Some aren't because you did anything wrong. Actually, the reason for them is a bit hard to understand. But in every storm that we see in the Bible, one thing is common that there's a lesson to be learned in the storm. And this morning I want to share with you from this passage just two things that storms do. The first thing is this, storms teach. Storms teach. Verse 35 says, On that day when evening had come. Now which day is Mark talking about here? 
This is the same day that began back in chapter 3, verse 7, where a great crowd, a multitude of people were following after Jesus. They'd heard all the great things that he'd done and they wanted to come and even just to touch him. And they pressed around him so much that Jesus had to actually step back in a boat to get off the land so that he wouldn't be crushed by them. And Jesus spent the whole day teaching. We we sort of read about it last week, that Jesus taught in parables. The crowds were listening and the disciples were listening too. They've been sitting in class. They've been sitting in Jesus' school listening. And you could even say that they have been developing a theology, which is just the study of God. And they're enjoying the teaching. And they agree with the teaching. But at the end of a very long day of the teaching, Jesus says to his disciples, let us go across to the other side. Now, the reason for this is because Jesus is exhausted. He's been teaching all day. He needs to retreat and get away from the crowds and rest. And the disciples happily agree, but little did they know that everything they've just learned in their heads is about to be tested in real life. How is everything that they've learnt in theory going to hold up in a storm? Did you know that everyone has a theology? Everyone has some understanding of God. Everyone has some views and thoughts about him. And we get that understanding from his word. And listening to somebody explaining theology and their theology and what they believe can sometimes be quite impressive too. But real theology is what you call storm theology. How do you respond to God in the storm? That's what you really believe about God. Because it's easy to say what we believe when all is calm. Or when you're growing up as a church kid and your faith is really untested. But how does it hold up in the storm? That's what you really believe. And so the disciples, they push out. Uh, the boats from the shore with, you know, heads full of a day's worth of teaching from Jesus himself. They're feeling pretty good, pretty privileged, pretty blessed, but they're heading into a storm. And verse 37 gives the impression that the storm comes on very suddenly. It arose. And this is true about storms, isn't it? Sometimes a storm can just be a phone call away. All is calm, and then you receive the phone call. And all of a sudden, you're in the middle of a storm and your head is spinning. And so this is sudden, but it's okay because remember, this isn't the first time the disciples have been in a storm. Because you remember what the disciples were, right? The disciples were fishermen, so they they had their sea legs. They understood what it was to be in a storm and they could handle a storm. But Mark makes it clear that this was a great windstorm. And the word great in Greek is the word mega. It was a mega storm. And the boat is filling up and the boat is sinking. In other words, this is a situation that even fishermen like these disciples, experienced men like these, was, it was beyond their ability to manage. It was beyond their control. You see, storms teach us that we're often living our lives by a myth. It's the myth that we have the ability to stage manage our life, that we're the ones who are in control. And we see this in our our world, our country. You see the recent storms, 
in Australia, the literal storms. We see bushfires and floods and, and COVID, storms in the economy, the cultural storms that are around us. They tell us something. They teach us something that we ourselves as human beings, we do not have what it takes to stage manage our life and to control every part of our life. We're actually exposed for our lack of control. Let me ask you this. Can you stage manage your life if you just try harder? Can you control your spouse? Can you control your kids 100% of the time, their behaviour and their choices? Can you control how people treat you? Can you control the ageing process? What the boss decides at work? The decisions of people around you that affect you? What happens to those who love you? We can't control. This was a mega storm. It was something beyond their control. And the disciples here know that they are out of their depth. And when we realise this, often a deep fear sets in. We live by fear. Well, what's worse is that Jesus is asleep. They scream at him. Do you even care that we're dying? I see this inclusion here in the account, the eyewitness account, as so purposeful for all of history, for all the centuries of, as Christians have faced storms in their life. One of the prevailing experiences that you have is that God doesn't care, that God is fast asleep, that he doesn't act. God, do you even care that my life has turned out like this? Do you care that I've, I feel like I'm dying inside? Do you care that I can barely make ends meet? Do you care that I cry myself to sleep at night? You see, storms bring us to the end of ourselves. Storms teach us that we're out of our depth in doing life on our own. Storms teach us that we are not ultimately in control. But also, storms are supposed to teach us who is. You see, Jesus hears the strong rebuke from the disciples who charge him with not caring, and he has a rebuke of his own, but it's not for them. It's for the wind and the waves. Jesus stands up and he says, peace, be still. He commands the wind and the waves. And immediately the winds cease to blow and the waves cease to swell. The creation listened and obeyed him. Now, remember that the storm was a great windstorm. It was a mega storm. Now, notice here, a great, again, the second use of the word great, or a mega calm. The mega storm has been replaced with an equally mega calm. Jesus brings order into the chaos. And that's what his coming in the world was purposed for, to still the chaotic world that was ruled by evil and Satan, and to say to it, to command it, peace be still. You know, it's true that storms in our lives, lives, they often do pass. Often with time they pass. But the Bible doesn't promise that. You can't look at this occasion and say, well, Jesus, you know, he stopped the storm. So he will take away the painful circumstances that I'm in right now. But you see, when you first become a follower of Christ, that's not the end of the road, that's just the beginning. 
His plan for you is to wean yourself of dependence upon you and to place all your dependence upon him, that you might let him have control of your life. You see, storms teach you that he is really in control of all things, even over all of creation, that just by his word, the creation obeys. Storms teach you to give up control and to give it to him. He's the one who said, in this world, you will have trouble, but do not lose heart, because I have overcome the world. So storms teach. They teach you that you're not the one in control. Right now, some of you are in the storms, and you're actually living this. You're experiencing this. You're living what it means to actually give up control, to hand it all over and say, I'm out of my depth. That's what Jesus wants to teach you. The second thing that storms do is storms stretch. Now, there was a lesson in the storm, but now that it's calm again, it's time for Jesus to have a little chat with his followers once more, to crowd around, to come together again in close and listen. And Jesus says to them, he says, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? They've seen so much, the disciples, but they still don't fully trust him. You see how God wants to grow and change us. He wants to turn our fear-driven lives into faith-filled lives. From fear to faith. And that's what storms do. Storms stretch. A faithful follower of Jesus is different after a storm. They've seen something that they hadn't seen before and it's changed them for the better. And notice that's what happens to the disciples. There's a third use of the word great or mega. There was a mega storm. There was a mega calm, which Jesus stopped. But the third mega comes after the storm has already stopped. They were filled with a great fear or an awe. And they said to one another, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him. It's interesting, isn't it? The only thing that made them tremble more than the storm was being in the presence of a person who could stop the storm. Notice when they cried out to him when he was asleep, they addressed him as teacher, teacher. But now they have seen much more than that. Jesus wasn't just their teacher, but he was their saviour. You see, in a storm, you need more than a teacher. Many people in storms go to someone to teach them a better way to handle life, and that might be helpful. But more than anything, in a storm, you need a saviour. Someone that you can actually throw your life upon and trust. See, in the storm, Jesus wants to reveal his power to move you from fear to faith, to be filled with a mega awe for his glory and his power so that you might trust him. In the calm, the disciples had seen Jesus do many things for other people, heal diseases and cast out demons, and they'd heard his amazing teaching. But after the storm, their own hearts have been stretched to see more than a teacher but a saviour and a lord. 
And they were filled with a mega awe that even Jesus, asleep in the boat, is better than having a boat without Jesus in it. He was with them in the storm. He was the Lord over the storm. And so they could trust him in the storm. You know, being Mother's Day, and every Mother's Day, I always find myself thinking of my auntie, whose son, our cousin, died at 16 from cancer, which was some years ago now. And I've always felt the deep deep wound of that for her, particularly on Mother's Day. My mind has often gone there. I watched the personal storm that they went through as he slowly died from cancer, and then they faced life without him afterwards. And I've always looked at it and thought, I don't think I could survive something like that if it happened to me. I don't know how I would feel toward God and what it would do to my faith. But for her, I watched my auntie's faith deepen like never before. Aspects of her faith that were only theoretically theoretical truly went to the place of Christ being her only hope. Only in Jesus, her creator and saviour, could she hope. A situation she could not control and could not change. All she had was Jesus. I watched her learn and wrestle with that, what that was like to give up control, coming to a place of actually accepting what God had allowed in her life. Through it, she didn't just know God in theory. In the storm, she was stretched to see Christ in a way she had never seen before, And it was a gift that she wrestled to receive and is still receiving. My auntie didn't have all of her storms stilled. That wasn't God's will. And he doesn't still all the storms of our life. But she found peace in the Lord of the storm, the one who is over the storm. And the one who experienced the storms of life himself. Who went into the storm of death on a cross. That we might live at peace with God. Not fearing anything in this life. Not even death itself. But trusting in Christ who is our creator. And also our saviour. And so I want to ask you this morning. Are you in the middle of a storm? Mums, are you in the storm? Dads, men, women, young people. The storm is teaching you. It's teaching you to give up control, that you can't stage manage your life. And the storm is stretching you so that you might see Jesus like you never have before and that you might trust him. That you might not first tremble in your circumstances, but tremble in the presence of the one who says, Peace, be still, and know that I am your God. Let's pray. Father, there are those here this morning, right in the middle of a storm, something that has been out of their control, out of their ability to manage, 
Perhaps, Lord, this morning there's been some who have been trying to manage it on their own. And Lord, you here teach us to give it up control, to trust you who is Lord over the storm. Lord, may all of us, each one of us today, in a new and fresh way, put our whole lives upon Jesus and trust him. He is our creator and he is our saviour. Lord, would we call upon his name, would right in the middle of this storm, Lord, we see Jesus in a new and powerful way and cling on to him, hold on to him, know that he is good in all of our circumstances. Know that just as he came and faced his own storm and went to the cross, paid for our sins, covered our sins, meaning that we will no longer have to face death eternally, but be in your presence forevermore. If he could Lord, manage that and do that for us, how much more in the midst of life's circumstances can we trust you? Lord, help each one of us to grow and know you deeply in the storms that we face. Lord, I pray for our mums this morning, for those who are facing difficulty and struggle, those who are grieving, hurting, Lord, living in fear. Lord, I pray in the midst of this stage of their life, Lord, that that fear might be turned to faith. Lord, and they might know you in the most deeply, deep and personal way. Lord, for each one of us, Lord, may we hear the words of Jesus Christ, peace be still in our spirit. May we trust him with all that we have, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.